Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny will be bringing you a special edition of Soul Digger. So basically, it'll be just her today. And she'll be sharing where this ship is headed in 2021. Lessons learned from her statement of purpose and how a new approach to purpose could provide a big sigh of relief. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. You can find those uh, at 1150kknw.com as well as iTunes and Podcast One. And my website is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. Yeah, so as Benny said in the intro, it is just me today. It's been a while since I've done a solo show, although I don't think it technically is solo because Benny is always there. (laughs) I can see him here on Zoom on the board. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything today because then it'll be now you're all like, what? No way. That's not fair. No, I'm just kidding. I'll join in. You you know, I'm always welcome to join in. So, yes, I know. I remember when I was first starting the show. And I still used to get nervous before every episode. I think, what if I, you know, what if I forget something? What if the the line goes silent? And I always knew (laughs) Benny, I mean, he would say it, but I mean, it was, it's clearly obvious Benny's been in radio so long as, as on-air talent, producer, engineer, he's done it all. So I, Benny, like, I can't get nervous anymore (laughs) with you there in the studio. Because then you'll hear from me like, I told you to have stuff prepared, bring stuff to read and write and do something or whatever. So, like, I remember my first day on the air, too, back at the uh, mighty WSU where I graduated from. Oh, and, oh yeah, you know, a little shout out. But, um, Yeah, I kind of had some situations technically in the very beginning, too. And it's like you just have to keep going. You know, there's no yeah. dead air. and. If you got to make it up, make it up. Yes, when you have become an expert in that. Oh, nah, I mean, I got some content in there, which I know a lot of people (laughs) think I do when I know I do, but you know, you got to kind of play it off a little bit. Was your show, was it more, were you doing like music with little bits in between or was it a talk show or what? Uh, It was a little bit of both. I mean, we had some extended, uh, I guess, magazine style, you know, shows like yourself with some segments mixed in. Um, I had what was called the Heavy Benny Show. What? Yep, and because our music style was kind of like an alternative meet kind of rock station, because uh-huh. it was ninety five rock. That was our uh, KWSU and um, okay. KZUU over there in WSU land. Uh, and so I was also the production director too, so I had to do a lot of the elements and stuff like that. So um, it was good times. And I remember some like sometimes the equipment would just break or something would go out or your CD. Yes, CDs would not. <laughs> move to the next song or the carousel we did we had a carousel that like Uh the the disc changer it would like block up in the middle of the night or something like that you get the call Uh i'm like i'm not going to class you know or whatever and so you know you gotta you just gotta roll with it you know you get good at it yes oh i love Mm -hmm. i'm i've had my camera off but i love i feel like i'm talking directly to benny since i'm on zoom these days and i can see yeah that's actually what i'm doing (laughs) Head in my hands. I know. Oh, look at him. Just all cuddly. 
Well, Benny, while I still have you here, okay, yeah. two things. Okay. One, I'm thinking, you know, as I, last week I got all like, oh, I'm so sick of breaks. But given that it's oh, just right. today, I may, if it's okay, do a break today just in case I need to regroup. Um, sure, I'm here, yes. No, not a um, and then second, um, I've got, just in terms of housekeeping for the show today, for everybody listening, um, I wanted to just share, having just submitted uh, my Divinity School application last week. Um, Congratulations. No, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know we did mention that on our um, kind of first Friday last week, <laughs> second first Friday. There was a lot going on last week. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, there uh, there was. Um, but I wanted to share a little bit more about that experience, what I've learned from it that I think could be helpful to other people. Um, and so talk a little bit specifically about the element of that application that they call a statement of purpose. Um and then share a new, a newer approach to purpose, I think, because purpose has become such a buzzword. I, I see it now in mainstream media um, and, and mainstream publications that people are really talking about purpose more, I think, than they used to. And um, with that said, I think there are some ways to approach it that can be easier than others, or perhaps a new way of approaching it that might provide some relief to folks out there who are feeling a bit of pressure around this, because I know I have felt that pressure and um, still do to some extent, because, you know, if you're keeping one foot kind of in the culture, but then you've got the other foot on your spiritual path or, you know, one foot in the human realm and one foot in the soul realm, it's, it's hard not to get sucked into some of the messaging around that or the programming that we all receive. So anyway, that's kind of where we're headed. Oh, and I do have a short meditation um, to share with you all today. Um, so that's where we're headed. But Benny, while I still have you around, uh, <laughs> I don't know, before you go running off to do all of the other things. What? That you get no, to do. <laughs> I'm always by your side. What no, do you oh mean? Oh my gosh, Benny, of course you are. You're always there wow. and you know, a text or a chat away. Just but I'm just saying. Throw as, me as, under the bus why don't no not under the bus benny is driving about five different buses at any given time i understand (laughs) if i don't see you on the camera you are doing other like auxiliary studio things that that is a backup for safety features you know as long as you could see me so i could see you exactly (laughs) but anyway um i'm i'm just curious benny because of you know, the primary people I talk to are my clients or my colleagues around purpose, Mm -hmm. but talking to you, do you think much about purpose? And if you do, like, what would you, what have you settled on as kind of your purpose? If you, if you've given that any thought? I mean, I know we all have some sort of a direction for what we Mm want to do, but I think it ultimately goes to what we feel and how Mm -hmm. big our heart is for it. So like, you know, there's a lot of things I could be doing not here in the radio land, but I see what everyone likes about it and how it's mm-hmm. so joyful for those people and my hosts. And and, and I like to help produce that because um, yes. I'm not so much of a host, more of like a co-host and sidekick type of thing. And that's kind of how I, I like to present myself with the purpose. Yes. Um, I could, I, I'm not going to say, but I could easily go to another market and like have my own thing going for me, but yeah. I just know it wouldn't serve me well enough. Mm. Um, I, I feel like my purpose is where I'm at. I've done it now for quite a while, and I think I'm a, a good person at grinding it out, and I like that, you know. And and I still every day I'm like, man, I'm get I get to go do this again, you know. And yeah. I think that's important because I, I could go to another market and get twice as much money, and then be there for three years and not be happy. And that that, yes. that would just be foolish for me to do where I can stay here locally, be close 
and still be connected with everyone, you included, because you know you 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 and Chase had to do what you had to do, but you're still connected with me. Yeah. Because we still like doing what we're doing. So I, I think driving that purpose of joyful and what we like to do um, each day for all my hosts and you every Friday here is is really beneficial. I love that. The fact that you brought uh, the heart into it and joy into it. Well, I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And mm-hmm. then, okay, so just to take it one step further, one of the new approaches, um, and this is not my theory. I've, I've now heard it a couple, well, well. I don't have to think about exactly where I've heard it from, but particularly I'm thinking of one individual that I'll mention later in the show who has been on the show. Anyway, all of this to say, there is an idea out there that maybe we have more than one purpose. And so if Ah. it was, if you had more than one purpose in this lifetime, do you get a sense of what one or more of your other purposes might be? Because I know radio is, it's, it's clear. It's your passion. You love it. You're, it's a zone of genius for Uh you on top of it all. So I get that. But what about other things? Well, I think that's kind of like how I got my start into the biz. This should have been in like Grill Benny Day, like you and Dr. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Benny. No, 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 no. It's a good thing with you and Dr. Alexandra. These are like kind of the questions oh, yeah, we yeah. usually cover on the first Friday of the month. But, you know, getting into this business, I, I personally didn't know where I wanted to go, what direction, because there are many different jobs in the industry, whether it's sales, programming, you know, marketing, promotions, you know, engineering. Well, I've done mm-hmm. them all, and I was really, in the very beginning, the first two years, I was doing them all. I was an intern down the hall at a couple of sister mm-hmm. stations. I was uh, <laughs> working for the engineering department. In fact, they had some summer work for me, so I was actually, like, weed whacking and chainsawing down areas. <laughs> yeah, for the uh, the transmitters. I was doing that because they needed someone to do it, and I'm like, sure, I'll, yeah. I'll go out there and do it, and why not, right? <laughs> it, get, it gets me to learn about the industry more and more. And then yeah. I got my uh, evenings here at KKNW after uh, doing overnights at Warm, which is a station down the hall. And uh, I liked it so much. And then a job opened up for uh, mornings here. And then I was recruited because of the evening shows I produced it here. They wanted to move me. And so I actually was doing both shifts for a while. It was like a donut. <gasps> I would come in and do like a nine to noon here and then have a couple hours off and then come back at like four and then do like a four to eight. Oh. So it kept me going, and then re- we finally filled in our evening producer with somebody else, and then I I was full time for um, mornings. So yeah, I, I enjoy it still. I still have a lot of energy, but I think my purpose was also in other different areas too. Even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, but yeah. I think tinkering is what I like to do. So there's another purpose there. After I'm off work, yes. and you're not thinking the whole radio producing thing. I'm like, what can I sit in my garage and mess with, you know, like, <laughs> or what did the boys break that I could fix? <laughs> you know, something like that. It keeps me active. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, good thing you had twins. Cause I'm sure there's plenty to fix. <laughs> oh boy. They've got, they've done pretty good. Cause they know like, dad, dad don't break it. Cause dad's going to get mad and he's got to <laughs> fix it. But then I'm like, Oh, give me something to do in the garage. And then I'll lean into him a little bit. <laughs> Because, you know, you tell kids, hey, 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 be careful. And then, sure enough. Yes, they're kids. That's yep, what they are. Exactly. Yeah. But it's all sweet. That's the woman who has no kids. But anyway. <laughs> well, but you have little kitties that maybe kind of like do some, some oh, certain yeah. things around the house. And you're like, all right, guys, I told you. <laughs> and I've done my fair share of nannying and anting right. and all of the other things. So Cat nannying, right? right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And cat nannying. Yes, that too. Because <laughs> Chase, Chase is a whole nother. <laughs> exactly. Well, fortunately, he takes pretty good care of he himself. Does. So. He does. He does. Oh, well, so, Benny, I really appreciate you yeah. letting me ask you a few questions. I was just curious, you know, because when you hear the same kind of answers from, because I talk to many of the same kind of people all the mm-hmm. time, and I thought, I wonder what 
Penny would say about all this. Yeah, so. I still think it's just really what is what brings the best to you, and the, it's the what, what was the heart chakra. It really kind of comes through, yeah. and and how you really feel and joyful with it, and. If it's a passion that you like to do what you do, no matter what is going on around you, that's where you need to stay in. And, you know, if you're getting if, if you're getting something more on, like I said, if you're getting more money for something you really don't like doing, it's not for you. I mean, come on. Yeah. You could push yeah, it that- back. You could push it down, push it back, but it's going to come back on you. Yeah, you're still left feeling rather purposeless. Yes. And unfulfilled there in my go. experience anyway. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Well, thanks, Benny. Well, then <laughs> I'm so sure I will I, see you in and out of the frame. <laughs> yep, I salute you. Yes. <laughs> we'll get your camera turned on someday. Oh, I know. Well, if, ah, <laughs> if I see, ever okay. come to the camera presentable, <laughs> oh, I'm still broadcasting from Yeah, not, not bleeding all over the counter. If anyone oh, heard gosh. the show last week, yeah, we had a little situation, but everyone's okay. <laughs> It was a, it was a little yes. scab, I believe, right? That kind of came undone, but yes, yes, unintentionally, yes. But it is healing yeah. now, so I don't foresee any uh, runs to the band aid box. That's while good. We're <laughs> the today. You need to listen to your mom more often. Don't pick your scabs. <laughs> I d- well, okay, I do not do that normally. That I was, know it was uh, accidental. <laughs> Uh, anywho, well, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. And um, yeah, so we'll get this uh, solo ship on the road or on the one, I guess, on out onto the water. Um, yeah, I'm going to so- jump off now, so <laughs> I'll, I'll swim to shore. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, well, I wanted to just start today. As I said, this it's been a while since I've done a solo show, um, and um, it's it's not only a good exercise for me, I think because it pushes me, I'm so used to coming to the table with questions to put to someone else where I know that there will always be, you know, something to say and responses and feeding off of one another. But um, so this is a good exercise in helping me grow in my own um, broadcasting skills. Um, But in addition, I think it's just nice to check in every once in a while um, where I don't know. I can share what's going on in my world and uh, some things that I've learned recently that I hope will be helpful to people out there. So I wanted to start the show today with a poem that um, I actually heard a stanza of it from um, Tosha Silver, and I'm a member of her Outrageous Openness Forum. She's one of my favorite spiritual teachers out there. She just, oh goodness, she just brings calm to my soul. And I think that's something that is so needed right now. So anyway, she mentioned this poem. And so I pulled the poem and I want to read it for you because I think it is a sort of invocation for the new year. Um, It just really inspired me. And I wasn't familiar with this particular poem before. So uh, it's by John O'Donohue and it is called For a New Beginning, which I think 2021 is a big new beginning for a lot of people who are really ready to get 2020 behind us. I don't know what your feelings are about it. I know that there was a lot of suffering that a lot of folks experienced. And I see, I see that, but also I think there were some things that I learned from it that I could not have learned in any other way. Uh, And I think we learned a lot of things as a collective too. So however your feelings about 2020 were and entering this new year, May this poem be um, a bit of an opening for you to embracing, to taking what you learned, releasing what you no longer want, and looking forward to what is to come. So this from John O'Donohue. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, 
This beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and you stepped out onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease and risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. I think this poem is so perfect, not only for the moment of a new year, particularly perhaps a 2020 type year into 2021. But also I think um, if you're looking at this as one of those big calendar flips um, from the grand conjunction forward or from, uh, you know, the, I think it was the Mayan calendar that looks at things in 25,000 year cycles. And we just ended one uh, basically, and we're beginning a new one. These are huge cycles that are happening that I think coincide with a transformation of consciousness and no one said that transformation was going to be easy. Uh, when people talk about the end times, I think that's more in a religious um, setting. I think that that might be a slice of truth in the sense that this is an end of time as we have known it up to this point for the last several thousand, perhaps 25,000 years. Um, and to think that that could be super easy that there wouldn't be some some chaos some uh, tumultuousness i think that would be a naive way of looking at it and i think we're seeing I, mean, I believe we signed up to be here at this moment in time and we are seeing the the um what's the word you know certain energies dying and certain energies coming into being and those energies that are going away are not going away without a fight. Um, and so, yeah, we're here at a really interesting time. So that the poem to me really, I don't know, it embodies the energy of not just one year to another, but one transition period, uh, one period into another. So part of why I wanted to share about my divinity school application experience is because it, it, it provided a few um, opportunities that I don't think that we all get in midlife. Um, I think the last time I put together an application like this would have been for law school. And I was in, I, while I didn't go straight out of undergrad, I had a couple of years of professional experience under my belt before I did that. I still was in my mid twenties. Um, and while there's a lot of life that's been lived to that point, you, there's, it's kind of like I've caught, was it? someone wrote a memoir in their twenties. I think it might've been Justin Bieber. And there was some criticism, like what does he have to say or reflect back on? Who knows? He's lived more of a life in his twenties, probably than most people have in a full lifetime. So maybe he did have some amazing insights to offer. And I hope that's the correct person. My apologies if it's not oh, who I was thinking of, but I think, you know, you don't, the point being not always in your twenties, do you have the perspective or the reflection time to have lived enough where you can actually do something with what you've learned. 
So this creating a midlife application was a pretty fun experience. Um, and one of the elements of this, of course, the I had to go back through my, I had to create a new resume that included all the way back to college up until now. And so it was an opportunity to look at accomplishments, um, things that I'd forgotten. I had to go back through versions of resumes that were years, decades old. And I really encourage you, I know some of us are still under pretty um, strict lockdown, particularly I'm speaking here in the Bay Area, but I know there's some other places that are as well, or maybe you're just still working from home and you have a little more space in your schedule. Um, I know it would be a weird thing to suggest that you do, but maybe you are decluttering. I've heard that from some people going back through boxes of documents or, or getting rid of books and things that you just are no longer using, that kind of thing. If you have an opportunity to just do a quick, maybe even back of the envelope resume that includes what you've done to this point, um, not as a way of comparing or measuring yourself against some metric of success out there in our culture, but for you to see, my gosh, how much you've done to this point, how much you have grown and the things that you are proud of. Um, that, that I think so many of us practice gratitude, but the element that I think is missing sometimes in that is the acknowledgement, not just gratitude for the things that have been bestowed upon you, but for the part that you played in creating some really good things or transcending and making it through some really seemingly bad things or bad things that, you know, in a human experience can be pretty uncomfortable. Um, and so getting to do that was a really good exercise. I was, I had, um, looking back, a lot of appreciation for how far I have come um, and who I am now compared to who I was back then. So that was one exercise that I thought was good. But another, I had to create a writing sample. I didn't say have to. <laughs> I chose to create a writing sample. You could pick something from way back when, but my writing has been either legal or self-help in nature for 20 years and they wanted something academic. So I created something. Um, and so that was an interesting experience to try out a new type of writing for the first time in a while. But the main thing that I wanted to share about the application that is my topic for today is around what they call at my top school, a statement of purpose. And what I discovered is that a lot of schools, and this was true in law school for me, you write a personal narrative. And there's a difference between the two. And I think it's important. And I like that that the school that I applied to um, asked you to create a statement of purpose, not just a narrative. And it remind me, run, reminded me of a, um, an exercise we did back when I was in life coach training. At the end of the nine months, we all came together in Pismo Beach, California, because Martha Beck was living right near there at that time in San Luis Obispo. Um, and we came together at the end of our training, and it was a way to meet and greet one another and also kind of get your ducks in a row for getting out in the world and doing whatever you plan to do with that coaching certification. And we did an exercise where they had us write down on a piece of paper. Basically, it was a chronological timeline of our life, but not just everything that happened. It was, I think we were asked to pick, I couldn't find my notes from this, but my recollection is that we were asked to pick you know, a handful of, of top experiences. And I don't necessarily mean just high points. I mean, pivotal moments. Like, for example, I'm just thinking about some of the ones that 
I saw at the table that I was at and including the ones that I did myself. So like a sampling of these types of things would be, you know, when you were eight years old and your parents got divorced or when you were 15 and you had you moved high schools because your dad got a new job or um, graduating college and getting your first, uh, you know, your first paycheck, that sense of accomplishment, perhaps, or um, when you left your marriage, uh, when you decided to start a business, all of these things, or when you got cancer, these were the, 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 the chronological moments that really stood out. And it wasn't just write these down because they stood out, but why did these moments stand out to you? Um, and, and how then did you, um, use those experiences in your life going forward? How do they impact your future? And, um, it was a really interesting experience because I hadn't really thought about how those particular timeline events that stood out had led me up to that life coach training moment. And so this, statement of purpose that we were asked to write reminded me of that. And I think it's a really good exercise to do for anyone. Again, I invite you either after the show or during just back of the envelope, even um, writing out those significant events in your life and why they were significant to who you are now and how you have used them in doing what you're doing going forward. Um, and these can be things, again, I just want to emphasize, this is not about grandiose accomplishments. Um, I, I see so much these days that I think is so, so important. That's not something that's necessarily acknowledged in a resume. Um, just, you know, one of those kind of a sterile looking at, at facts and practical things. But I'm talking about things in your life, for example, breaking family patterns. Um, that's come up a lot lately. I've seen for clients and things that I, I think are really meaningful people who have broken a cycle of abuse within a family, um, who have been the last one in line that either experienced the abuse, um, or, or witnessed the abuse and, did not continue that cycle. I think that this is part of us stepping into a new consciousness is not just repeating what has been done before. And I want for anyone out there who is the last in line in your family that broke or created a new cycle um, in whatever, like I said, abuse is the first thing that comes to mind, whether that be physical, emotional, sexual, or otherwise, um, that, that right there is something that is pivotal, that should be acknowledged and, and really be proud of that or healing from addiction. And it's not normally something that goes on a traditional resume, but it sure can go in a statement of purpose, um, that overcoming that or healing from it, moving forward, even though it's still something that you carry as an experience. Um, even something like setting better boundaries, no longer being the people pleaser who says yes to everything and ends up having no energy left to do the things that are meaningful to you. So whatever this looks like for you, um, creating that, that timeline and then really writing about how even if it's just a small paragraph linking these things, like what that did 
to move you forward and create who you are now and how you wish to then take it out into the world. Um, that's a question that I have in my client intake and I have, no matter whether it's for unhitched work or for soul digger work or just plain old, you know, life coaching um, that addresses any number of transitions in a life or, or goals that you want to set and accomplish. Um, yeah, basically, you know, uh, how, how these things have shaped you and how you're going to use them going forward. So um, let me see if I mentioned, oh yeah. And this was another thing I wanted to mention um, that one of the things that stands out to me um, from the interviews that I have had with near-death experiencers um, is that when they come back from these experiences, I think, you know, the, the folks who are doing the research on this, like Raymond Moody comes to mind, who's been studying near-death experiences for decades now. Um, one of those common themes that they notice from folks who have had a near-death experience is that they come back changed. The experience permanently changes them in a way that lasts throughout the rest of their life. For example, some who maybe had experienced anxiety and depression consistently le leading up to it come out the other side and are not experiencing that. Or, or again, addiction is another one that I think that they've looked at. You come back and that is, they have, they are able to move past the addiction or, or heal from the addiction and then move forward. Or they're there, maybe they used to be a really angry person and they are much more compassionate and kind to their loved ones and colleagues. And so while not all of us can have the kind of experience of a near-death experience where it, I mean, gosh, that's a, I think it's more common than we've realized, but not everybody gets to have one or nor does everyone want to have one because it usually is accompanied by a pretty severe physical traumatic event. But can you still use these experiences that you've had these from big to small, from um, you know, culturally celebrated or just personally celebrated, can you let them permanently change you and use that going forward to help others? Um, or, or even just by virtue of being that can help others. Um, so in creating this statement of purpose, I would have thought that I had mine all nailed down, but it was, it, it ended up being, um, and you had to do it also, this was another element of it. it. It had to be a thousand words or less, which I don't know how that sounds to anyone out there. Oh, and Benny, I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, maybe we just forgo the break. <laughs> we had more conversation. Yeah, I don't want you to feel like yeah. hanging out there waiting. Do your thing. You do your okay. thing, boss. I'm right behind you. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, just given with the meditation <laughs> sure. and everything, I'm hoping we will um, have enough time for everything that I now have on my little, my little outline. So anyway, um, it needed to be a thousand words or less, which for me, um, that's a, that's kind of like a traditional blog piece. So that's something that, that comes pretty easily. I tend to be a little bit more verbose these days. So I, my first draft was 2000 words. So I had to get it down to a thousand words. And that really means whittling down and looking at what was really important, eliminating all the, the, you know, the, not the stuff that which is the, the fluff, I guess. And so it really gets down to the important content. And I had to look at, you know, how my, my upbringing and the community in which I was raised and the religion that was most, that was the soup that I was in, in, in that community and in the churches and summer camps that I went to, that kind of thing. And look at how that really shaped who I became 
and my desire um, to uh, explore in a new way my relationship with the divine and my human potential, which I now believe is it's, it's very different than what I was taught growing up. And, and then not only that, but then what am I going to do with it? Um, and I thought I knew what I was going to do with it. And in writing the statement of purpose, what came forward was um, the, the word ministry really came up. And I'm not talking about ministry, you know, hellfire and brimstone from a traditional pulpit, something like that. Ministry can be very creatively defined. And I like that the school that I would like to go to uh, appreciates that. So ministry can take different forms, but to officially call what I wish to do ministry, I, I, I've never said it out loud. And it really is true because it's, it brings in elements of, of religious histories, the things that we often talk about on the show that have been suppressed about, you know, perhaps like, for example, Mary Magdalene's involvement, um, potentially as the first apostle. Um, that's not something that's traditionally um, talked about, or at least not where I was raised. Um, so these ideas about really pulling all these pieces together and, and making it a ministry of sorts. So that was where I landed with it. And I had such a good experience in doing that. That's why I wanted to suggest that um, everyone out there who is now like me, you know, I mean, even if you're in your twenties, but I, I think most of our listening audience is, is um, closer. In, I think one of the latest um, survey results at KKNW, I think average listeners are somewhere in like the 40 to 60 range age range. Um, but it's not something that we do to look back at all those accomplishments, to look, to acknowledge wh who we are, to acknowledge what we have overcome, and then to say what we're going to do with it. So doing that leads me to the second part of the show today, um, the word purpose, because this was a statement of purpose. And I see, you know, particularly coming out of the 2020 chrysalis of sorts, where we've all been um, more inside our homes, maybe in our interior landscape of our being even more, there may be an urge now with the new year or with things that are happening um, out in the world, an urge to get out there and do. Um, and as I mentioned, I think the word purpose has become definitely a buzzword. It's mainstream. This is something that people are selling these days, you know, find your purpose, find your purpose. Um, I even remember reading in Mar one of Martha Beck's books, uh, I think it was Finding Your Way in a Wild New World. I must have given my copy away. I went to find it to <laughs> reference this specifically, and I can't, so this is from recollection, but there was this feeling that that she and her, her I guess, um, management team or coaches that are, you know, the master coaches that do her instructing with her, they were all feeling like this urge, like, ah, we need to be doing something. And they didn't know exactly what they were being called to or what it was, but they just, the phrase was, we move at dawn. It was just like, we move at dawn. There's an urgency around that. And I think when it comes to our purpose and what it is that we are moving at dawn to do, there is that sense of pressure and urgency. Um, and we're always, not always, shouldn't say that, I found in my own experience, and I see this a lot, not only with clients, but just kind of, you know, looking out at what's happening, people are looking out there for their purpose. It's something we are trying to find. We get intuitive readings for someone to tell us what our purpose is. We ask mentors and we go searching. Um, it, it feels like something we must find outside of ourselves. 
And we end up wondering, even when we feel like we're getting plugged into something, are we doing it right? Is it what we're quote supposed to be doing? Um, I had this, I've, I've had this experience at so many points, um, particularly early on in my coaching career um, and knowing, you know, I'd left this whole life behind. I'd left the practice of law and the marriage and everything. And I knew that I was being called to something. I was like, what, what is it? I don't know. Um, so I had to find it. And it, in thinking about searching for your purpose out there, that it's something that you can get wrong if you don't find it, that you're on a time crunch to find it. It reminds me of this, this way that Byron Katie talks about um, business, three types of business she identifies. There's our business, other people's business, and God's business. And by God's business, she doesn't mean you know, some dude in the sky in Jesus sandals. She means just reality, the universe, things that are outside of human control. Um, Cause I know the word God can be triggering for folks. Um, so our business, other people's business, God's business, when we're in other people's business or God's business, there is no one in our own living our life. Like when you were out thinking what someone else should be doing, how someone else should be living, or you're thinking, Oh, this shouldn't be happening out in the world or these things, there's no one there in your being living your life because you were so concerned and out there. And it reminds me that that's what it reminded me of in thinking about purpose as being something out there. There's just no one in your being, being you. <laughs> there's no one living your life in that moment while you're out there searching. Um, and I'm just curious, you know, as I'm speaking about this, does this resonate in a way for you? Do you feel that pressure to find your purpose, that one and only purpose. And when you are believing that it's something out there, you haven't found it yet, or you're getting it wrong, um, how does that feel in the body? How does that feel? What thoughts does that create? And I'll, I'll just use it as an example. We talked about this in um, the Soul Digger community this week. And one person answered that she did feel that pressure. Um, and it felt like a contraction in her chest and her heart. And of course, there's all the swirling mental chatter that goes along with it. You're getting it wrong. You'll never find it. You, what if you don't find it? You're, you know, you got to keep looking. And I asked the question, you know, when you're in that state, heart and body contracted and mind abuzz with all these thoughts that uh, are really anxiety producing, fear inducing, do you think you are more or less likely to feel that inspiration? Are you more or less likely to be an open conduit for what the divine wants to bring through you? Are you more or less energized to go out and do and be? Um, and I think the answer for most people would be that feeling of constriction and then anxiety and fear is not a conducive environment to feeling the inspiration and the joy of simply living um, and being open to what wants to come through you um, and being an open conduit and being open to the energy, like the fullness of your being. Uh, and so I wanted to present a, another approach to this that I think is where we are headed. I'm going to suggest um, one of the, the ideas for this came from a gentleman who I interviewed in October, Dr. Eric Maisel. He had a book called the power of uh, a daily practice, I believe. Um, the show is on October 30th, if you want to check it out in the archives. 
but this, the whole purpose of the show was more around talking about a daily practice. But one of the theories that he talks about, which I think is interesting, he's developed a whole philosophy of life that he calls Kirism. And a couple of, of the tenets or beliefs of Kirism stuck out, stuck out to me. One of them being that nothing is inherently meaningful, that we are creating meaning. And the example he uses in his book is that you know, one person could go to the beach and have a transcendent experience, hearing the waves, feeling the water, looking at the sun setting on the horizon, for example. Another person could go to the beach and feel hot, sunburned, uncomfortable, itchy with sand, and uh, bored. And so even these things that we may think are inherently meaningful, really it's what we bring to the equation, what we experience in it that brings the meaning. And on kind of this, that dovetails with this, that one of the things that does bring or create meaning for a human life is living a purpose. But the way that Dr. Maisel talks about it, it is not a singular purpose. It is possible to have many purposes um, in a life. And when I heard that first, I thought, whoa, that maybe this isn't a new concept for everybody out there. Uh, but I feel like I live in the world of, you know, the coaching community and the spiritual community. And so for it to be novel for me, I think I can't be the only one for whom this is perhaps a new idea. And it really was a sigh of relief for me that we, that we have potentially more than one life purpose, many life purposes. And I'll just read, this is a quote from Eric's book. I'll just share this. This is on, on, the idea that there is no one singular purpose to life. He writes, um, a guiding principle in Kirism takes a truth that there is no single or singular purpose to life and translates that truth into actions to take, namely identifying and naming your multiple life purposes, making strong, clear life purpose choices and living your life purposes on a daily basis or as close to a daily basis as you can manage. This way of looking at life amounts to a gigantic shift in thinking for most people, but a shift that feels natural and logical. The idea that many things in life are important, not just one thing, and that those important things can change over time rather than remain static, likely matches how you already view life. It is also liberating and energizing to realize that you get to decide what's important to you, what's worthy, what feels meaningful to pursue. What you lose, the wishful thinking that life has one singular purpose, is more than made up for by what you gain, permission to live your life on your own terms. So I think that this is an interesting idea because not only because it can provide some relief that, oh my gosh, there's not just one thing and you could get it wrong, come to the end of your life and the mission has failed, um, but that, that there are many things that we feel are meaningful and that give us purpose that we can have a hand in at any given time. Now, on the flip side of that, that kind of autonomy and that kind of choice can be terrifying. Again, I go back to, we often want, and I say we, I'm, I'm including me in this. I can't tell you how many intuitive readings I've had or mentors or business coaches I've talked to or uh, colleagues I've chatted with about this. Like, I want someone to tell me, what is it? What is it that I'm, that I'm supposed to be doing? If you just tell me, I'll do it. Um, but what I have come to believe is that that our purpose or purposes is not really something that anyone else can know for us. And I do think that there are some really gifted intuitives out there, many of whom I work with, um, that can pick up on potentials out in the field. And I'll use an example from my life here. 
early on in my coaching practice, um, my primary work was around unhitched, which as my umbrella under which all of my relationship and marriage and divorce coaching goes, um, folks who are feeling unhappy or dissatisfied in their relationship, deciding um, whether to stay or go, and then in whatever decision is made, doing that gracefully and in a way that creates as little suffering as possible for every individual involved in the process. So that unhitched work made a lot of practical sense. It's part of why I started doing it initially out of the box. It was a, it was a very, it was a niche that made sense. So I had a reading um, from someone who does Akashic Records work, and I know she's gifted. I adore her. It's not anybody who's ever been on the show. I don't think I've ever mentioned her on the show. So I don't want anybody out there thinking it's someone who's, <laughs> who's been on the show um, to try to solve that puzzle of who it is. Um, but that said, she she's very talented and I know she's tuned in. And she did this fabulous reading of the Akashic Records and my potential and was like, oh, yes, I see you, you know, leading these trips for women who are coming out of divorce and, and you have this, you know, your, your following is related to women who are on this kind of eat, pray, love adventure in their new life. And, and it was just, it was beautiful and glorious. But the thing was, clearly that's not what I'm doing at this moment. My work has evolved more into, you know, the soul digger uh, work about living a life that is aligned with and led by your soul um, versus your human self. And that that's a much bigger umbrella. I think that applies to relationship for sure. But um, anyway, she, she very much picked up on something out in the field. I think it was a potential. I think we come in with, with many potentials and, and we may end up living just one, um, or just, or we may keep going and going and living more and more of these potentials or, or really living into the biggest, most grandest one that we can find. I don't know. Um, but I think unhitched was not where I was supposed to ultimately be my one and only thing that I was doing, but she picked up on that. And, and that was all she really saw. Um, and so I use that, I don't want to say a cautionary tale, but just as, and FYI, um, that, you know, whoever you're working with, whether it be a business coach or an intuitive or a friend who knows you really intimately, that not everyone else can know what is true for you. Your heart, your soul, your spirit has that unique blueprint. And other people can, it's kind of like tuning into various radio frequencies. I think there are a lot of things they could pick up on about you, but they may not get to the very heart of it. Um, it's really up to you. And again, that may be terrifying, that kind of responsibility, that kind of freedom, that kind of feeling. Um, but I, part of the reasons I wanted to share this little meditation with you is kind of a, a grand experiment in doing this a different way and acknowledging the free choice, the infinite potentials, um, the many different purposes that we may have, um, and give you some relief in that. Like, I don't want it. I, I really, the whole idea is to take the pressure off of this idea of purpose so that we are an easy, open, divinely aligned conduit for what wants to come through us, not us out there searching to bring something back, but just to being open and very, it's kind of like, um, again, the idea of a of a big river, you know, if there are multiple streams coming off of the river, it loses the, the main river loses some of its 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 power um, of forward movement um, because they've got all these little offshoots that are where some of the energy is going. And I think in the same way, if we're out there constantly like looking, 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 we're not 
centered in ourself, the fullness of our being, the whole energy that is us. So I want to, um, I want to also real quick before we go into this meditation, this will be like a five minute meditation. We'll do it. You know, we're getting toward the end of that, the show, but before we go into that meditation, I just want to say one other thing about this purpose, about it not being out there, but being in here inside of us. I think for millennia, humans have been told or we have perceived that we are powerless. I mean, we're always told, you know, whether it be religious leaders or political leaders or government bodies or just figures of authority, we've often been told that we are, um, we need to look to them for the information. We need to look to them for the connection to power, that we will get it through them or that we need to believe what they tell us to believe. And I think part of the transformation of consciousness that we're in, it's not just how we are being and acting out in the world. You know, obviously you see evidence of our consciousness having evolved because, you know, we no longer um, put people in a coliseum and watch them get mauled by a lion while we eat popcorn and drink wine for the, for sport. Like we now have, I think, you know, so little bit more advancement in our, what, what is entertaining and what we like or how we treat children, how we treat animals, how we treat women, things are evolving. So I think there's an element of how we are out in the world being evidence of that. But I also think a second element of this transformation of consciousness is how we see ourselves and our role in the universe. It's us becoming fully realized humans, not waiting for saving, um, not, and I'm (laughs) actually, I don't know if you all can hear, especially if we're going to do a meditation, I'm going to move my computer. We've got some construction going on outside. So bear with me while I move. (laughs) Benny, (laughs) this should be interesting. (laughs) Me trying to carry my mic out. Um, Okay. So yeah, the second element of the transformation of consciousness, I truly believe is us becoming fully realized humans and realizing that we are more powerful that we've been, than we've been told that we have more possibility than, than we ever realized and living into that, us owning our power and stepping up. So with that said, I want to do, it's a, about a five minute meditation and then we'll, um, wrap up the show here today. So of course, if you're driving um, or you're not somewhere that you can do this, you can always access the show archives. Um, Again, those are at 1150kknw.com. And of course, the show is also on iTunes and Podcast One if you want to go back and and listen to this little meditation. Um, And I'll just invite you to, um, as you're getting comfortable Um, I won't take a lot of time to lead into this meditation. I think meditations do work better when we are in a very calm, uh, parasympathetic nervous system state. So I invite you to really um, notice your breathing, allow it to be calm and full, restful and deep. Uh, I invite you to drop into your heart for this. And when I say drop into your heart, I simply mean bring your awareness to your heart. Maybe even envision breathing in and out through the heart. Um, And just a a little background on this meditation. The first part of this was inspired by um, a recent um, master's class call with Sarah Landon. Um, I'm a member of her community, and there were some beautiful things that came through on a recent call that inspired this meditation. Um, And Benny's telling me we got five minutes, so I will do this quickly. Um, Yeah, so... uh, yeah, it was inspired by a recent master's class call. So I took some of the phrases from that for the first part of this meditation. And then the second part is my 
um, my own creation. Um, and I just invite you to, to play with this, try this on like playing dress up and just see how it feels a new approach to purpose. And I call this meditation, you are the sun of your galaxy. So as you're breathing deeply and in your heart, just go to the still small place inside where for you, you believe and you feel that your soul meets your human form and let go of anything that you should be doing. Let go of what others expect of you. Let go of what others need from you. And just pretend for a moment, this is your preface. We're setting this meditation up. This is what came from Sarah Landon. Just pretend for a moment that you're not here to earn anything. You're not here to prove your worthiness. You're not here to suffer. You're not here to work hard, to struggle, to have a certain amount of money or worldly success, or to check boxes at the expense of your own inner truth and joy. You are here for love as love. And I'm talking love with a capital L. You are here in this form because of your love for humanity, this planet, the plants, the animals, all of it. And there is no right or wrong. There's only expansion, expression, and experience. You're just simply here to expand consciousness within the human experience, here to express all that you are and to play and to create and experience joy. You're here to express yourself and to be yourself in the world, to stand in your power, choose the experiences you wish to have, of the endless potentials and possibilities. There is no wrong way to do this. There's no wrong way to live this purpose, to live your purpose. And you didn't come here with a purpose so specific that you could get it wrong, that your mission will be deemed a failure if you don't do this thing. Just envision it as expansion, expression, and experience. And realizing who you are and why you are here, you are the one giving in purpose and meaning to everything. You're the one making it matter. Your being here is your purpose. Like a fairy godmother sprinkling meaning and love and consciousness on everything. You are anointing everything as sacred and holy and seeing the God force in everything and everyone as you go about your life. And as you put purpose in everything, you touch and see and hear and think. And as you find beauty and love in everything, you realize you are here to create that meaning and purpose with everything that you focus on. You can't get it wrong. So have fun, create, and be curious. And so with that said, that you are your purpose, envision yourself now as the center of everything. Like you may feel audacious, uncomfortable, even heretical in doing this, like hubris, but just humor me and go there for a moment and envision yourself as the nucleus of a cell, like the sun in your galaxy, the center of it all. Bask in the peace of knowing that just by virtue of being this force field that you are, that all is well and nothing need be done. Allow yourself to feel the power and the freedom and the knowing that all the boxes have already been checked just by you being here. Now imagine taking this energy and this radiance and this power, this freedom into your human life and your human experience. Envision walking around the planet in your life, in your relationships, in your work, in your play, in your every step. Feel the knowing that you are sprinkling stardust and consciousness everywhere you go. And wherever you turn your attention, where you focus your awareness, there is magic in your gaze. There is transformation and light. Imagine moving about the world in this way. You as the center of your experience, you as the sun of your galaxy. And if this were true, how might you live? What fascinates you? What sounds fun? What do you wish to explore? 
what would bring you the most delicious divine joy? And I invite you to sit with that, you know, as we bring the show to a close today and play around with, let it sit that you may be your purpose and that you bring the purpose and meaning to everything and create your own statement of purpose. You never know what you might find out. So you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. Thanks, Benny, for running the board. And uh, see you next week, everybody.